Well, good morning. My name is Matt Witzel, and I serve as the administrative pastor here at Hallmark Baptist Church. And today is our Vision Cast Sunday, uh, where we're going to get excited about some of the things that God has in store for us in 2022. Uh, but before we look ahead, I'd like for us to take a moment and just look back and reflect on 2021. A verse that has come to my mind recently has been Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. Hebrews 6.10 says, For God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have demonstrated for his name by serving the saints and by continuing to serve them. As we began 2021, the question on my mind was, will life go back to the way it used to be? We made it through 2020. The shutdowns, the quarantines, the pandemic protocols, and somehow, some way, by holding our breath and social distancing ourselves, being dismissed from church row by row, marching out in a single file line, if you can remember those days, we survived. But how much longer could we continue to survive like that? The church has real needs, interactive ministries, various social events, fellowships, and community outreach events. If life does not go back to the way it used to be, how are we supposed to be the hands and feet of Jesus? It's going to take a lot of hand sanitizing, I can tell you that. A lot of sanitizer. I guess what I'm getting at is we made it through 2020, but if things don't go back to the way things used to be, what will life look like for the future of the church? The author of Hebrews is reminding us, he's reminding the church about the type of relationship God has with her. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have demonstrated for his name by serving the saints and by continuing to serve them. God's faithfulness that sustained us through the pandemic of 2020 was still present in the post-pandemic of 2021. God watched the work and ministry of Hallmark Baptist Church, and he's not forgotten about us. He has blessed this church. He's provided for this church. He's been faithful to this church. So, in 2021, Hallmark continued the work of serving the saints and even began new works to share the love of Jesus. As you've heard over the past few weeks, the Regen ministry was launched. This ministry has had a profound impact already on Hallmark Baptist Church, and it's just beginning. In the spring of 21, we hosted a virtual missions conference, allowing us to see live video of ministries from around the world. In the summer, a group from Hallmark went to Kenya with Real for Christ Ministries, the first missions trip since the start of the pandemic. Vacation Bible School, Fallapalooza, and the Back to School Bash were all events that exceeded previous year's attendance records. God has not forgotten this church. God was also faithful regarding Hallmark's finances. On January 1st, we had $518,000 in the checking accounts, $269,000 in the savings accounts for a total of $788,000. We ended the year with $473,000 in the checking accounts, $172,000 in the savings accounts, and $151,000 in the investments accounts for a total of $797,000. The real, yes. The real highlight here is the opening of our investment accounts. A few years ago, Hallmark launched an initiative to create a legacy fund. Over the course of the past few years, there have been a number of gifts donated to this account. In 21, we were able to take those gifts and invest them into socially responsible mutual funds. The legacy fund is kind of like an endowment fund. 
where the principal of the gifts will be staying in the account to create dividends and growth that will allow for future ministry opportunities. Next on the screen is a quick comparison of the offerings received in 2021 compared to the offerings received in 2020. Most of these items range from similar to slightly higher compared to the previous year. This is true for all of the funds except for the building fund. In 2020, the building fund received a very large special offering, which makes up most of the difference between the comparison of those two years. The building fund offerings help us make our mortgage payment. Currently, we pay $240,000 a year or $20,000 a month to our note. On January 1 of 2021, we owed $2,045,000. We ended the year paying our note down to $1,885,000. This next slide shows you the progress we've made over the past 10 years. In watching the market and the mortgage rates during 21, the board decided that it would be an appropriate time to refinance our note. So in August of 21, we refinanced the note at a rate, a fixed rate of 3.75%. This rate is one of the lowest rates we have ever had on the note, and it will be fixed for the remainder of the loan. The timing of this decision was quite beneficial for the church in that it appears rates could be going higher for the foreseeable future. Additionally, this interest rate reduction has freed up $60,000 a year from the budget. This next chart shows where all the dollars were spent we were able to pay all of our financial obligations in 2021 on time. 32% of our expenses, or $663,000, went to missions. We supported all of our missionaries at full support the entire year. 28% went to personnel and benefits. 25% went to facilities and maintenance. Technically, you could say 31% went to facilities and maintenance because the 6% that went to capital improvements that went towards replacing the sanctuary sound system that we're using today. Can you hear me now? Is it working? All right, good. The sound system is another reason to celebrate God's faithfulness. This was a large ticket item, over $100,000. Uh, the previous system was well past its life lifespan. We were able to pay for this new system uh, in cash, and we did not have to feel the squeeze on the budget. So thank you to those of you who gave above and beyond to help with those expenses. Uh, one final chart will reveal the projected expenses for this next year. While there's very little change to the bottom line, there are a few changes in the budget categories worth noting. Our board took a survey uh, over the, the previous budget and to help us decide what to do with the next budget. And after that survey, they identified three objectives that the 2022 budget should seek to achieve. First, the board decided Hallmark should be committed to increasing our presence in the local community. So the budget for local outreach, funds for our partnerships with local schools, and events like Fallapalooza and Springapalooza will all receive an increase in the 2022 budget. Next, as the sanctuary sound system revealed last year, uh, with aging facilities comes a greater need for funding capital improvement and replacement. Uh, so the next, the 2022 budget also has an increase to our facility line items to help with those upcoming expenses. Lastly, after reviewing salary and compensation for employees amongst churches nationwide, the board also concluded that an increase to staff pay was necessary as well. Now to tell the truth, these three objectives are all, again, large ticket items to make in a budget. And enhancing all three of these items is a very difficult task to accomplish in one budget year. In fact, 12 months ago, I would have even concluded that this would be an impossible task. So I really appreciate the deacons, the trustees, and treasurers with their help and their diligence in planning this budget for 2022. But the real reason why this all worked out this year 
was because God is not unjust. He has not forgotten the work and the love Hallmark Baptist Church has demonstrated for his name by serving the saints in 2021. And I, will be, and I believe he will be faithful to do more for his church in 2022. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. And uh, wasn't that a great report? And uh, I know many of you have a printed out that has much more detailed information on that. And so I'm thankful for uh, our deacons and trustees and the treasurers who, again, helped put all this budget together. Uh, but honestly, the one that did most of the work on that we know is Matt. And so thank you, Matt, for all of your diligence. Yeah, you can give, you can give him a hand. I appreciate him. Um, Matt is a very wise and frugal steward of God's resources, and I'm thankful for that, and so I appreciate that. And I'm not always thankful, just to be honest. I like to spend, but Matt does a great job keeping us in budget, and so I appreciate uh, Matt. I wanted to make sure that you know that uh, if you were in one of the early Connect groups at 830, you should have received a ballot as we will be on, uh, voting new officers in. And if you are going to a 1045 Connect group after this, also just let me remind you, at 1045, all of our Connect groups that normally meet, they will be meeting today. And all of the kids' Connect groups that normally meet will also be meeting at 1045 today. There may be some confusion because it's family worship, but just wanted to clarify that. But in uh, your adult Connect groups at 1045, you'll also receive a ballot and instructions on how to vote, when to vote, where to put your vote. Uh, on that. So I appreciate that. If you got one at 830, uh, you can just place it at any one of these four connect boxes uh, as you exit the sanctuary uh, today. What I, uh, I guess the word that stuck out to me is, as Matt was going through the budget and God's blessings, as he said over and over, is God's faithfulness. Do you believe that God is faithful? Has God been faithful in your life? And I always think uh, and say that God's past faithfulness is, I think, the greatest evidence for his future faithfulness. Because what God says he's going to do, guess what? He will do it. He is faithful and just. He will do it. All right, so today is our, our family worship today. And um, kids, are you out there? Can I, could I hear you say, hey? And so, hey, hey, that was pretty good. Let's try again. We're going to see how well you're printing. Hey. All right. Hey. All right. That one was better, wasn't it? Right. We're glad that you're here today. And uh, what I want to think for a moment today is just to say thank you to our kids workers. If, if, you, if you volunteer in kids' ministry. Some of you are every week in there. Some of you are once, one hour a month. That's all you can take, right? But if, if that's you, any area of kids' ministry, would you stand this morning? Just stand where you're at. Come on. I know you don't want to, but stand. Stand up. I want you to stay, stay standing for a moment, okay? Just stay up. Stay standing. I know you don't want to, but I, I want you to know that your ministry, it's, it's not just babysitting, okay? It is a ministry. Statistics still tell us 
that most people who give their life to Christ do it before the age of 18. And the hour or four hours or 10 hours, whatever it might be a month that you spend in there, ministering to those kids is life-changing. It's eternal life changing. I just want to take a moment as you are in here, and oftentimes you are not, to just say thank you. Um, so can we give them another hand? I appreciate them. You can be seated now. Also, maybe it's a good opportunity to say, if you're not volunteering in kids' ministry, it really is a great investment of your time uh, for these kids to hear how to find and follow Jesus. It's, it's, value, it's a valuable time, and so we're thankful for Allison, our children's director, and all the work and effort she does to make sure that it's not just a babysitting gig, that there is biblical lessons taught. In fact, I think the kids, you know, they're going through the gospel project, and I don't know how long this, this new verse, they memorize verse. I don't know if that's quarterly or monthly. I should know that, but I don't. Uh, so kids, do you think that you could say your verse for this period of time. I'm not hearing much confidence coming out of any kids. Kids, do you think that you could say your verse? All right, we got seven of them that say yes, all right? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it on the screen for us just so we can have a little bit of help, all right? It's Psalms 95, six through seven. So kids, I want, I want to hear you say it loud. If you need to peek at the screen, that's okay because I'm going to be doing that, all right? So here we go, Psalm 95, six through seven, ready? Come, let's worship and bow down. Let's kneel before the Lord God, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture the sheep under his. Wow, you guys did pretty good. Can we give him a hand? I, I'm not sure, but I, I think I messed that verse up. Did you guys hear that? I, I'm pretty sure that's the King James Version that I was saying, so we'll just go, we'll go with that, all right? But we're always glad to have our kids in here, and I will try to be quicker than normal based on that reality. Now, as Matt was going through the budget, and as you look at the graphs that he's so well put together for us, there are, there's two things I want to point out that I, uh, I don't know if concern's the right way, the right word to use, but two things I would love for us to improve on this year, okay? And, and the first one is this, is that I want to see more people saved this year than last year. Do you also want to see more people saved this year than last year? I, I do. And in, in fact, there's some things happening in this spring that we're, we're praying that God would move in a big way. You, you may have already seen the information for the men's rally on the 24th of March, and we're asking and praying expectantly God to do big things. We're asking for over 1,000 men to show up and 50, 50 men to give their life to Christ. Wouldn't that be amazing? And I want to say thank you. Some of you have already given towards that because we want to invite our community and we want it to be free, and we want them to hear the gospel, and we want to just love on them and, and show them what Jesus can do for them, because Jesus is the hope of the world. Do you believe that? Jesus is the only hope of the world. And, and then also, we are, you'll be hearing more about this coming up, but uh, Easter's coming up quick, April the 17th, and we're partnering with a group that's called the I Am Jesus Project, and we're going to be printing 5,000 
books that are the Gospel of John. They're written in story form. But our goal uh, bet- between uh, when we get them in the middle of March to Easter Sunday is to hand out 5,000 of those books to our community, to your neighbors, to your friends, to your coworkers, and you, you'll be getting more information about that. But the, the Gospel of John clearly gives the gospel. And I think that the more opportunity we have to share the gospel, the more opportunity people have to respond to the gospel. And so that's one of the, one of the areas of improvement I, I want us to see this this year, as, as Matt also mentioned, we increased the budget in that area uh, in order to have Springapalooza, because we have no other word for it, but you guys are familiar with Fallapalooza, and now we're going to do one the Saturday before Palm Sunday and just invite people to come to the campus and invite them back for Easter. And the, the, the second area is that I want us to improve in the number of contributors, And when I say contributors, I'm speaking specifically in all areas, but specifically financially. Um, As you see that graph on there, that number of contributors has gone down over the last couple years. And there's a lot of factors for that, a lot of reasons for that. What you also notice is that even though the number of contributors have gone down, God has still been faithful to provide for his church. So it gives me a great opportunity to tell you this morning God does not need your money. He's got plenty of it. He's got access to as much as he wants. Can I also tell you, Hallmark doesn't need your money. Do you realize that? Because as Matt just pointed out, this is God's church. God will provide for his church. And he's continually proven that over and over again. So if God doesn't need your money and the church doesn't need your money, why do I want the number of contributors to get up, go up? Because here, here's what I believe. I believe if God doesn't have control of your finances, then, then you haven't given God complete control. I personally believe that the number one barometer of your spiritual health is how you handle your finances. And if you are not contributing financially to the Lord's work, then you are missing out on a blessing. You are missing out on what God wants to do, not just in his church, but in your finances. Now, I could, I could have a hundred people in this church easily come up here and, and testify to God's faithfulness of finances and how they made a sacrifice and how God provided them. I personally could tell you stories of my own life of how God has increased my faith. And every time I've increased my faith by increasing my giving, God has always blessed. God has always provided. And as Paul said in Philippians, I, he, he told the church, because the church at Philippi was very generous. We talked about this in the month of December, if you remember And he told the church, listen, I'm glad you're generous and I'm glad you gave, not because I needed it, but remember what what Paul said, I'm glad you gave because I want fruit to go to your account. That if you are not contributing to what God is doing in a local church, you're missing out on a blessing. You're missing out on an opportunity to say, God, we just sang it, I trust you. Because I don't believe if you have not taken a step to trust God in your finances, 
that you completely trust him. All right, I'll move on. It's getting really quiet in here, okay? It's family worship. It's not supposed to be this heavy, right? All right, so I'm going to move on because you guys are just staring holes in me right now. That's all right. I can take it. Let's talk for the next few minutes about the mission and the vision of the church. Okay, this is a review, okay? But I think it's good to review every year. Why, why are we here? And the mission of the church is very simple. Make disciples of all nations, Make disciples of all nations. That's pretty simple, right? That's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, known as the Great Commission. He said, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and earth. And then he says, go ye therefore, make disciples of all nations. Do you see the mission of the church very clearly in what Jesus spoke to the disciples and to the church? I think it's, a, I think it's the commission to the church. That we as a church, that we are a called out group of baptized believers on mission for God to make disciples of all nations. And it says, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what does verse 20 then say? Teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded. And lo, I will be, what's the next word? I'll be with you always. God, faithfulness. You see it all throughout Scripture. I will be with you always, even unto the end of the age Amen. The mission of the church has not changed since the moment Jesus gave the Great Commission. Our mission as a church is to make disciples of all nations. Now you'll see in that budget, we gave almost, you gave almost $700,000 to missions last year. Isn't that awesome? That is so awesome, and, and that missions budget, that's, some of that is local missions and local outreach. Some of that, m- the majority of that is foreign missions and, uh, and foreign outreach. You know what would be awesome as a church in the next year or two to give a million dollars every year? Wouldn't that be awesome? You know, we've been up to high, I think, of $800,000 in a year for missions. Wouldn't it be awesome as a church to invest a million dollars every year into what God is doing all over the world. You, you ought to get excited about that. You ought to get excited about that. Make disciples, the mission of the church, the vision of the church, really just how, how are we going to do that? What's a simple way to say that? You hear us say it all the time, leading people to find and follow Jesus. And there's a simple way of looking at these two words, find and follow, that find would represent evangelism, that anything that we can do in our community or around the world to tell people that Jesus loves them. Can, can I tell you this morning, if you don't know this, this is the greatest message ever received, that Jesus loved you so much that he came to the earth, he died to pay the penalty of your sin so that you could have eternal life, so that you could have forgiveness of sins, so that you could have a home in heaven. That's the gospel. Don't we want to tell more people about Jesus? And so we want to lead people to find, we want to do everything we can to share the gospel. The next part of following Jesus really is this idea of discipleship, and Jesus spoke to that teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded. It's the, it's the continuation of salvation. So at the moment of salvation, we said this a few weeks ago, that you are saved from the penalty of sin. Salvation. When we talk about discipleship, we, we gave you that church or theological word, the, the word sanctification. It's the process of becoming more like Christ. It's freeing us from the power of sin. 
in our life, and, and this is evangelism, to, to train people to know and to follow Jesus. A few weeks ago in our Regen uh, launch sermon series, uh, Chris Kirkendall preached a great message, and he made a statement. He said, we don't want to just be a holy huddle. We want to be a hospital for the who? Hurting. The, the reality is that every one of us, every church I've ever been a part of, my own natural instincts and tendencies, what we drift toward as a church is always going to be a holy huddle. Because it's, it's comfortable, it feels, feels good, and it's okay. We, we are a holy huddle, right? But we can't just be a holy huddle. We have to be a hospital for the hurting. Amen. Do you agree with that? And again, what, what we have, our natural bent is always going to be to look inward. And so we want to lead people to find evangelism, follow discipleship, Jesus. Now, we make this statement. It's kind of the spiritual pathway or the, the process is leading people from the crowd into community to become the core. Now, on its most basic terms of thinking about crowd, community, core would be like, this gathering right here this morning would be considered a, like a crowd. And some of you this morning in the crowd, you have been members for a long time. And some of you, this may be your first time to enter this building. Whether it's your hundredth time or first time, our goal for you is not to just be in the crowd. We want to move you from the crowd into community, to have relationship, to do life together. And, and, and when we talk about connect groups, the first thing, if you come to membership class, the first thing I'm going to encourage you to do is find a connect group because God wants us to do life together. We're better together. And so we want you to move from the crowd into some kind of a group to, to form community. And I'll be honest, one of the best ways for you to, to find community in a church is through serving whether it's serving on the praise team or the connection team or there's a, a prayer team that meets right now, whether it's serving there, whether it's Hallmark Kids or Student Ministry or the Eyes and Ears team that walk around and keep us safe as we're having service in here this morning. There's a lot of opportunities to serve and serve coffee. Thank you to all of you who serve coffee. Can I get an amen for that? Right? We, we celebrate them, right? It's one of the best ways to have community is to serve together to do ministry together. And then when we think about core, moving to the core is more of like deeper discipleship. And on Wednesday nights this year, we've really focused uh, starting many more D groups. You've heard a lot about the region ministry, and that's more gender specific. Let's, let's really do life together. Let's talk about our hurts and our hangups and our habits. And I want you to help me. I'm going to confess my sins to you, and you're going to confess to me so that we can pray for one another. Because there's the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And so we want to move people into deeper walk with Christ. All right, so the mission of the church, make disciples of all nations. The vision of the church, leading people to find and follow Jesus. We want you to move from the crowd into community to become the core. And so now maybe it's time for you to, to self-evaluate. Because the truth is, everyone in here this morning has a next step. 
Like there's something you could be involved in. There's more Bible study or maybe there's a relationship you need to mend or there is uh, a step you need to take from just being in the crowd that, hey, I'm going to go check out a connect group or now I'm going to show up on, on and I'm going to ask Pastor Nathan, I don't know what a D group is, but what is it, Nathan? Tell me. I want to be involved in deeper discipleship. We all have a next, we all have a next step. And so I would encourage you, challenge you, Pray about it. What's, what's my next step? Maybe it's to get involved in a ministry. You've been scared to ask. Send the email. Send the text. Ask, how do I, how do I sign up for, for that? Now, every year for the last several years, I have just prayed and asked God to give me a one word to pray over for the year. A few years ago, we had this word, more. You guys remember when we had more, and I challenged you to set your phone to Ephesians, to Ephesians, set your phone, your clock to 320, and we were praying Ephesians 320. God, we're asking you, we're expecting you to do abundantly more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine, okay? You guys remember that? Just like pretend like you did, raise your hand, something like that, okay? We were praying for that, and, and so this year, as a few months ago, I got away, and I was just praying, and God gave me this word more, and I was like, well, we've already used it, I don't know about that. And I, the Lord just kept pressing my heart. But I, I want us to think it from a different perspective this time. When we prayed the prayer in Ephesians 3, we were asking God to do more. And I want, I want to flip the script on that this year, that God is asking us to do more. And we, we see that in the prayer of Paul. I want to invite you to turn to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Verse 1 says this, Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you with all joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Here's my life verse, by the way, Philippians 1, 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. God's still working on me, right? And he's still working on you. Verse 7, just as it is right for me to think of you all, because I have you in my heart and as much as both of my chains, again, he's in prison in chains, in the defense of the confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness, how greatly I long for you with all affection of Jesus Christ. And here's his prayer. In this I pray, that your love may abound still more and what's the next word? More. In knowledge and in all discernment. And Paul is praying that their love for God and their love for each other and the knowledge of God and the knowledge of how to love and the discernment to love and when to love and how to love that God, Paul is just praying to the church. Remember, this is a church that has been faithful. This is a church who has been generous. This is a church that I think that, that could be written right to Hallmark. Like Paul could say, hey, you have been generous to me, a missionary. You have been faithful to give. You have been faithful to support. And, and, and there is much fruit to your account. But what my prayer for you as a church, Paul says, is I want you to love God more. And I want you to know God more. And oh, that's my prayer for myself. That this year, God would reveal himself in a greater way to me. And that he would do the same for you. Look what verse 11 says. I can't even read it now. My eyes are watering. 
being filled with the fruits of righteousness. This reminds me of John 15. We went through that. Remember, abide. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The branch can't bear fruit apart from itself. We need Jesus. We need to know God more. We need to love God more. And we will be filled. If we do that, we'll be filled with the fruits of righteousness. Which, who produces the fruits in us and through us and for us? Is it, is it my hard work that makes the fruit be produced? No, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. It's the fruit of righteousness, so I'm going to become more like Christ as I love him more, and I get to know him more, and he will produce fruit in me and through me. It's the fruit produced by Jesus Christ. What does the rest of the sentence say on the screen? To the glory and praise of God. And as I love God more and know God more, he will produce more in me. He's going to make me more like his son, which is his goal anyways. And who's going to get the glory for that? God. Do you want God to be glorified in your life? Then I, I think this is a focus. We want to know God more. We want to love God more. And, and Paul ends his prayer, but, but I, want to, I want to point out one more more. All right? That didn't, did that sound right? I want to point out one more more. Ver, look at verse 14. Okay, verse 14. And most of the brethren of the Lord have, having become confident by my chains. Okay, so because Paul is in prison, he's in chains, what he's saying is like this maybe weird byproduct of Paul still writing and Paul still sharing the gospel. Remember he said that, that many people in the prison have given their life to Christ just by Paul's courage and confidence. He says that people have becoming more confident, and then he says, and much more bold to speak the word without fear. You see the word more in there? And I think about these, you, you may have seen the image already that was on the screen. Like more to the third power. Three things God wants us to do. Love God more. Know God more. And the third one is he wants us to share God more. And I'm convinced that if I, me personally, you can personalize it for yourself. I think it's true for you too. If I will focus on loving God more and knowing God more, a product of that, a byproduct of that will be, I will share God more. That's what Paul was writing about in Philippians. Remember, like, when we're pressed, when life gets difficult, what's in us is going to come out of us. And if we're filled with the knowledge and the love of God, when life presses us, what will come out of us? God. Godliness. Joy. The fruits of the Spirit. And we will share God more. And so these three things I'm going to challenge you with this week. I'm going to encourage you. I've already set my phone for 109, okay? You could be really spiritual and do 119 and 114, but, you know, if you want to, that'd be great. You could do 109 in the morning if you want, but I'm not, all right? So I'm going to set my phone. I've already got it set for 109. In fact, this morning I changed it from 242. 
How many of your phone has gone off every day at 242 for an entire year? Mine has, to, that God would grow my faith and that he would strengthen our community. That's what I've been praying for a year. And here I changed this morning to 109. God, help me to love you more, to know you more, and to share you more. And I think if we as a church did that, we'll see more people come to Jesus. If it's a focus of us as individuals, it will be shared focus for us as a church. I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes for a moment as the, as the band makes their way to the front. And, and I want you just for a moment in this, in this quietness to self-evaluate. God, is, is this a challenge for me? I mean, do you want me to take this challenge? You, God, do you want me to make a commitment that this year, I, I don't even maybe know what that looks like, but I, I'm going to try I'm going to encourage you, come back next week, because next week, as we review the 12 biblical foundations, they will give you a great tool on how to love God more, to know God more, and to share God more.